Hey, how are hey, you? Hey, Johnny, how are <laughs> Come you? Come on in, fancy seeing well, you here. I know, huh? We're gonna have you uh, take a swing at the golf club. Did you bring your uh, nine iron? Uh, iron? No. Driver? Putter? No. no. Oh. <laughs> God, this is gonna be hilarious. <laughs> I'll have to find like my favorite here, club. What's your favorite one? I like a hybrid. Oh, okay, hybrid. Here's I don't a hybrid. need Here any we go. more handicap than I already have. So this is a fun game. Okay, this is going to be a riot. All know. right. Good. Here we yeah, go. That's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa! Hey. Wow! That was awesome. <laughs> I don't I don't want to mess with her. That was good. <laughs> Welcome back to Chapel Chats. We're here again at the Iron Oaks at 3800 Glenwood. They're kind enough to host us and they're just downstairs from our office with Compass up on the fourth floor at 3800 Glenwood. So you can come here to the Iron Oaks, have a draft beer, you can have a craft cocktail, you can have fries, pimento cheese dip. You go upstairs, you buy a house, all of your things for the day are done. And we're lucky enough, <laughs> started off with a laugh, good. We're lucky enough to have the mayor of Raleigh, Marianne Baldwin with us today. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. Well, thank you. And you forgot the golf simulator. Yeah, the golf simulator. <laughs> That's right. You can play golf out here. It's indoors, outdoors. It's, just, it's a good spot to, uh, to come and mingle a little bit. But thanks for spending a few minutes to, to chat with us just about your job here uh, leading uh, the city as, as mayor, but also wanted to kind of dip into a little bit of your, your background and what brought you here and all that kind of stuff. So what's, what's start off, the most important question I will ask you today is the mascot for the University of Rhode Island. <laughs> the Ram. The Ram, that's right. It's, it's um, my friends tease me because it's a Ram. Mm -hmm. The color is blue. Yeah, I like both of those things. And it kind of looks like UNC. Yeah, so, so, so you're more of a Tar Heel fan? I'm a state fan. Okay, okay. But uh, I have to tell you why. I was a reporter, newspaper reporter, mm -hmm. and um, I went to New Rochelle, New York, um, accepted a job there at a daily newspaper, Gannett Newspapers. Mm -hmm. and the first assignment I had was to go to this going away party for the um, Iona um, basketball coach. Okay. Wonder who that was. Well, I get there and this guy is larger than life. People are crying. I mean, it was, and I'm like, who <laughs> is this guy? Well, that's when I found out it was Jim Valvano and he was going to NC State. So when I moved to Raleigh, from a ram to a wolf pack, it's okay. It's it, okay. It Jim Valvano is, like you said, larger yeah. than life, and I, I think he attracted quite a few uh, new fans to NC State during uh, during his time. So, you mentioned it: background in journalism, uh, newspaper editor, uh, come to Raleigh, background in marketing and branding. If you were to write a headline for 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 what's going on in Raleigh today, what is it? We are the, one of the top growing cities in the country. We have new jobs coming here. We have people coming here because of our quality of life. But with that brings change. And we have to learn to adapt to change. What are good, because I would imagine not all of your job is, is, is rainbows and sunshine. You do have some, some, <laughs> some challenges on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's, a lot of people don't know that the, the being mayor of Raleigh is 
not technically a full-time job, correct? It's a part-time job. You're not walking away with a $500,000 a year paycheck. I make 27,000 a year. 27,000 is yes. the, okay. That's uh, that's <laughs> uh, so you do have to have another job. You have to have another job unless you're wealthy. Right. And I'm not wealthy. Okay. So I have to have another job to help pay my mortgage. Yeah. And um, right now I work, um, speaking of golf, I work for First Tee of the Triangle, right. um, their VP of Advancement. So um, I have a history of working in nonprofits. I worked for the Carolina Hurricanes and ran their foundation mm -hmm. um, the first year they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. You're a good luck charm. And then um, I worked for the Holt Brothers um, for eight years. Um, helped them grow their construction business, but also ran their foundation and that supported children who had a parent with cancer. And so, yeah, another another NC State tie there. Yeah. You, you mentioned some of the, the challenges that, that, that come with growth, come with being a city where so many people are moving to and want to be, uh, which we obviously in our in our business, which is real estate and development, think is a great <laughs> thing. What what are what are how, how do you balance some of those challenges and and allow Raleigh to to kind of move in a direction where we can be uh, more accepting of uh, the 100 people a day who want to move here? Well, you know, I think we have to go back to 2008, and when I say this, people grasp it. 2008, we had a massive recession. Home builders went out of business. They went bankrupt. People were not building. People were not selling. Nobody could afford to buy a house. Our supply, not just here in Raleigh, but nationally, just dwindled. Yeah. We are still recovering from that. So what we have is a supply issue. There's a lack of supply. And then during COVID, people just started moving here in, in droves. Um, you know, they wanted to escape um, big city life. Um, they wanted a place that was more affordable. But also what we see is a lot of people, younger people who have moved here, they're attracting their parents and grandparents. Right. So um, it used to be trailing spouses. Now it's trailing kids, trailing grandkids, trailing parents, trailing grandparents. And, you know, somebody sets roots here and they, they come here and they love it. So. We have a supply issue, that's number one. The bottom line is we have to build more supply. And we can't just keep building single family homes. Um, we have to build other types of housing. So what we're trying to do is we have limited supply of land. Um, land is very expensive, mm -hmm. as I'm sure you know. Yep. So we are trying to balance all of that and do things differently. One thing is for certain, we can't keep doing what we've been doing, and that's building single-family homes and just exclusively that. We have to look at um, other ways of housing people. Well, because it seems to me that if, and this is just an opinion, but if we're in an area here inside the Beltline in Raleigh where a lot of high-end single-family construction happens, you also have some uh, high-rise apartments and condominiums, mm -hmm. but there's that, that middle, uh, that missing middle that you've talked about a lot, uh, has not been developed until very recently. But it, it seems to me if you don't add uh, townhomes and, and, and properties that are in between those big high-rises and those big houses, that areas like this could just begin to be places where only the super wealthy can live and it's not a diverse, inclusive, healthy, progressive city. And that's exactly what we're trying to avoid is making it unaffordable for people. So, you know, not everybody can afford a 3,000 square foot home or a 6,000 square foot home. Sure. 
but they might be able to afford a 1,200 square foot home. So one of the changes we've made is allowing cottage courts. You know, those are smaller homes mm -hmm. that are built around and with green shared space. land, yep. and there's green space, small yard, but you share space with your neighbor. I mean, to me, that is one of the healthiest things we can do, and I want to see our builders start doing more of that. Um, townhomes, you know, another great opportunity um, to build housing that's more affordable. Duplexes, like up until we changed the rules, right. if you knocked down a duplex, you couldn't rebuild it. And we know we have duplexes throughout the city, especially in some of our um, oldest neighborhoods. So if you go to Oakwood, you see this kind of housing. Yep. You see missing middle housing. You see townhomes, you see quads, you see accessory dwelling units. If you go to Cameron Park, you see the same thing. Yeah. And even some of our newer communities, like Renaissance Park, that's what they've done. Absolutely. They've built housing that uh, it's single family, but they also have townhomes, they have apartments. It's that mix. And that's what creates a neighborhood, is having that mix of people. It's not just, um, you know, I hate to say this, but in the 1950s when our zoning was changed, it was done to keep black people or people of color out of neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. It was exclusionary zoning, and it was meant for you stay here, here's the line. And I never really knew um, until I read the book, The Color of Law, mm -hmm. the lengths to which our government, nationally, our banks, everyone colluded in this to keep us a segregated society. And to me, that is just plain wrong. We have to open up options for everybody. Well, and, and to your point, you know, the, the missing middle, if you were to, to build, let's just say, a small collection of townhomes where a few years ago you could not have done that before, it doesn't solve issues. It doesn't necessarily solve affordable housing issues, but it provides more housing. I've made the comment before that Raleigh needs more housing, whether it's rental housing, $200,000 housing, $2 million housing, it needs more of it. Uh, and that's, it seems like if you attack it from multiple angles, the affordable housing angle, uh, the missing middle, uh, uh, UD, the uh, ADUs in the backyard, all mm -hmm. those kinds of things, it needs all of those approaches. There's tiny not a one homes. size, but tiny houses, yep. yeah. Yeah, it is, it's a, it's a very complex issue and people try to simplify it. No, it's complex. And it's not just one thing, it's many things. So the other thing, housing is tied to transit. And if we're gonna provide more affordable um, lifestyles, you know, having transit lines, so maybe you have a one car household instead of a two car household. Which we've well, seen a lot of now. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> you've saved $10,000 a year <laughs> yeah. just, just by that. And if you can walk places, if you can hop on transit, you're healthier because you're getting out, you're exercising. You know, I had people tell me in Charlotte when they started taking the light rail that they lost 10 pounds in, you know, just in a year. Sure. Um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what it will do. So, um, and those are, uh, those are amenities, if you will, that people who are moving here from other large metro areas are accustomed to already. So it's not that, it's not that foreign to them to be able to take mass transit to work every day versus having to have two cars side by side in the garage every day. Mm -hmm. And our young people. I mean, I've talked to a lot of parents who tell me, my kid doesn't want a driver's license. I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. Right. They have a new um, 
just sense of things. And I think a lot of that also has to do with climate change and the environment. I mean, let's face it, if we can get cars off the road, our air is cleaner, we're environmentally um, safer. And I think that they are very conscious of that. And so they are choosing different lifestyles. And having more walkable communities not only creates more affordability, especially around transit centers, creates a healthier lifestyle, and um, it's just better for the environment. Speaking of uh, young people, you have seven grandchildren. So yeah. <laughs> who's your favorite? All of, all of them. <laughs> that's the right answer. She, she's a politician. That, 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 that's, that's, that's the right answer. Uh, when you ran for mayor uh, back in, in 2019, I started to see this, t this hashtag go around, Notorious MAB. Who is that person? Uh, can you give me a little bit of a background there? Um, the Indy mm -hmm. gave me that nickname. Okay. And um, it was one of those things, the headline was, no matter whether you love her or hate her, She's notorious MAB. Mm -hmm. And I think that refers to the fact that I am who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people who, when I have a strong belief, I'm going to get it done. Um, I listen and I can change my mind or adapt because I believe in compromise as well. Right. But the fact is, there are certain things that we have to do, and that's leadership. And not everybody likes that. Why is it, it you, you, I would say this, you have a, a little bit of an edge to you and I think that edge is just, to me it's, you, you feel like you were elected to get a, a certain list of things done and you're moving in that direction. Not everyone's going to agree, you're going to hear from all sides, but you're, you're very direct in that path moving forward. What are, what are two or three absolute must-have top priorities uh, moving the city forward? Well, my big thing is going to be commuter rail and moving forward on our BRT lines because that's going to help us with housing. So the, the transit piece must do. Um, housing affordability, continuing to work on that and incorporating best practices is really important to me. Um, Give me one specific, just back to the affordability. We, we, we work with people who are trying to buy houses in Raleigh all the time mm -hmm. and it used to be you know, a certain price point that used to be attainable is no longer. Now you got to go to Clayton, you got to go to Nightdale, you got to go to Wendell, other other outside areas you can't be. What are some ways to, to, to really try to reinvigorate truly affordable housing, workforce housing, plus folks that really need assistance in, in finding a safe place to live? Mm -hmm. So a couple of things that we're doing. Um, we're using city-owned land um, to work with nonprofit partners to build housing. So um, we're working with Raleigh Area Land Trust right now. Um, we sold them the land for a dollar. Mm -hmm. um, and they are building cottage courts there and accessory dwelling units. Um, that's gonna be used for long-term housing, mm -hmm. um, long-term affordable housing. We um, recently um, reached an agreement with the um, Southeast Raleigh Promise right. to um, give them city-owned land to build because the city owns a lot of land. housing. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And most recently, we issued an RFP um, for land next to City Market and next to Moore Square. And we have gotten um, the interview process for that is starting. But we told everybody we wanted to see affordable units, mixed income units, incorporated into their proposals. And so there's, there's ways of doing that. City-owned property is a great way 
to um, make sure that happens. And we just recently won an award for our work at East College Park. Mm. Um, that was city-owned land. Um, and we worked with different um, partners to um, build more affordable units. Then we worked with DHIC. We have a fund, there's $6 million in this fund um, for first-time home buyers. So we help them pay um, their down payment. So that's another way of doing that. Um, one other thing we've done is we have a fund um, for people to help them repair their homes. What we found was in cases where say somebody's air conditioning didn't work, yep. or their roof was leaking. They didn't have the money to repair it. They're older, they're living on fixed incomes. We're like, okay, we're gonna find the funding. Set aside some money for that. To, yes, and they get an interest-free loan. As long as they're there for five years and they don't sell the property, they don't have to pay it back. But that is also an incentive for people to um, stay in their homes and um, and they don't feel like they're forced to leave. Out, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's important. Yeah. What are, what are uh, I know you, you got to run and we appreciate the time you've, yeah, you've spent with us. What are, the, you've been here a few decades now, about 30 years in, in Raleigh, mm -hmm. and you've been involved in city government both as uh, on council and now as, as the mayor for a while. If you had looked back 30 years ago, to what, what just blows your mind about how Raleigh has changed in that amount of time? Oh man, <laughs> everything. Everything. Um, you know, I remember when we first moved here, my daughter was little. You know, we had moved here from um, New York. And I remember going to museums there. But not, I mean, they were fabulous. And I remember taking her to the Museum of Natural Sciences. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> it was an old, kind of rotting building. And so different, yeah. And I was like, what what is this and now look at what we have we have one of the most fabulous natural science centers in the country and uh, you know so we've seen that kind of investment to really improve um, the museum of history is another one marbles museum yep. that all came about and really has helped um, you know keep families coming downtown and that's really important but the other thing that's really changed i remember i um lived in a house in Half Hitch Trail. That was the northernmost point of Raleigh. Now, when you go there, <laughs> it's like Bedford, Wakefield, it's like just... Keeps growing, yeah. Yes, it keeps growing. Um, the other thing that is really different um, is Fayetteville Street in our downtown. It's vibrant. When I first came here, there was nothing downtown. It was an aging mall. Um, it didn't feel safe. Um, now there's a vibrancy, um, and it, you know, and that feels good. And Southeast Raleigh has really transformed as well. Um, but what we're going to see, like, as we continue, <laughs> is downtown South. Yeah. That is going to be a game changer for downtown. Um, Dick's Park. Mm -hmm. I mean, these types of very, um, well, they're visionary project. Feels like we're only at the, the tip of the iceberg even though we've seen so much change over the past decade or two. Yeah. Uh, that they're, uh, you know, good cities are constantly evolving. There's always cranes in the air. Uh, there are always new uh, changes to zoning laws and things like that that are taking place and it seems like we're right in the midst of that in, in Raleigh right now. We are. 
And what we have to do, though, is ensure that we keep up with the infrastructure. That's why transit and commuter rail is so important. Um, we need different choices. It's not just about widening roads. That just creates induced demand. So you might have relief for a little while, but then everybody is traveling on that road. Right. And it's not, that's not the answer. And, um, you know, we have to be smart about how we use our funding to ensure that we have infrastructure in place. But then, you know, I think about what could happen in the next 20 years with um, transportation. Um, you know, we could have flying vehicles. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, certainly have self driving. We um, have self driving. Uh, yeah. And so that is also going to change and evolve. So, will you get the first flying vehicle in Raleigh, do you think? I hope so. Okay, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, uh, give me all the things, what, what just really makes you mad? Oh, um, sometimes my husband. <laughs> <laughs> He's not watching, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I just had to say that he, mm -hmm. when he, I tell him I said that, he's going to be like, of course you did. Um, I think, uh, you know, what makes me mad, I think, is just people attacking each other. I mean, I don't want to see people attack each other. I want to see people work together. He's communicating. Talk to each other. Find a way to find common ground. That's how you get things done. Um, come with solutions, not just attacks, but what are some, like there's this one guy, Ross Yeager, who comes to our city council meetings. And one of the things, he always does a, um, <laughs> a great PowerPoint presentation. His little puppy's always in there. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing he came to us with was trash along Glenwood South. And he talked about he and his dog go out and pick up the trash and he's like we need trash cans here and he offered some solutions whatnot we have now done that and he came um, to our last meeting and said um, uh, we appreciate you and I was like Ross I appreciate you because you came with a problem you opened our eyes and then said here's the solution and we were able to do it that's how I want to work with people lastly give me one thing to look forward to like what let's break some news here like in the next in the next two to three years in Raleigh this will happen I want to see a soccer stadium an all-purpose stadium I think that would be another game changer for us we have the largest um, children's soccer league mm. in the country we have one of the best soccer teams with the courage <laughs> Um, I think having something like that in the downtown South area, but also all-purpose stadium. Perhaps Shaw can use that for football games. Perhaps um, there's concerts there. Maybe it's compatible with the convention center where somebody is going to do, like the Brewers, for right, instance, right. Um, going to do a convention. Well, how can we use land like that and incorporate all of these things and have more of that big city feel instead of a small city feel. And that's, you know, that's what's changing about Raleigh. And I think that's what's so difficult. My colleagues and I talk about this a lot. When you're going from a small city to a big city. There are growing pains involved with that. It's growing pains yeah. and it's a little scary. Um, but it can also be some of the most exciting things that 
that we can do. And then, of course, the other game changer is Dick's Park. And I think when you see the Gibson Play Plaza and families get out there and see this, they're going to visualize what Dick's Park can be. And I think that is going to be that moment where people look and say, wow, look at what we have here. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I think that Dick's Park can bring so many positives to our city and just, um, you know, be that attraction yeah. that families want. It's to an see. amazing place for sure, in the middle of an amazing, growing city. So uh, that's right. Looking forward to what the next few years have to uh, to offer to Raleigh. And thank you, Mayor Baldwin, for spending a few minutes with us. Thank you, Johnny. Absolutely. That was uh, Chapel Chats. I think this is our biggest guest ever. We had the mayor of Raleigh <laughs> on today. We'll, we'll see what Governor Cooper's doing tomorrow, and uh, you know, inch it on up to the White House after that. So, thank you for watching Chapel Chats. Thank you for the Iron Oaks for. Uh, hosting us again today. Mayor Baldwin, thanks again, and we'll see you next time.